Jaspreet Bopperai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio. And listeners, welcome back to uh, Reality Check Radio Greenwashed. A couple of days after the election, and here we go uh, with our first guest of the week, Bryce McKenzie from Groundswell. And of course, a few weeks ago, Bryce and Laurie and his team, they did the drive for change to Auckland from the deep south. They drove tractors uh, all the way. So, yo, Bryce uh, and Laurie and Mel and, and Code, they've got a lot of stamina. They ended up in Ellerslie Racecourse uh, and yeah, I had a lot of MPs uh, address them, potential MPs, some of them not so, they've, they've missed the bus. Uh, but, you know, the drive for change. Bryce, what do you reckon? Is the drive for change on? Alive and well? <laughs> yes, it is. Good, mor- good morning, Jasper. Good morning, Don. Uh, yes, it is alive and well. It, uh, I, when you do something like that, as, as you probably all know, it's really difficult to gauge whether you're having any effect on people. And, um, uh, you know, I've had several texts and messages from people saying, you know, what a great thing you've got to change. But I, I think New Zealand was ready for change anyway. Uh, what we tried to do was actually take that message to uh, central cities so that people in there could know how much the rural areas in New Zealand were really hurting. So it was designed exactly for that, to, to get a message into central cities. Well, yeah, so I, I'd suggest it was well done. I did watch you in their final hour driving through Auckland and you got a good uh, amount of uh, respect from the Auckland uh, residents. And uh, certainly the police gave you a great uh, uh, guide through the, over the over the over the bridge and back again. But anyway, around the world, we see um, farmer organisations lobbying uh, for change. And of course, the, there is plenty of lobbyists in the farming system. And I'm not noticing that many governments are taking much notice. That's the problem. Um, you've done good work. Others are doing good work. Uh, but we still see the blueprints for change that uh, these governments uh, still want to have. They certainly have a an idea about the environment and they think that um, legislated climate change is something they need to tackle. And I'm not quite sure how legislation fixes climate change. But it is right that the environment should be looked out for and, and more enhanced. What's your feeling? What's your feeling that the national or this new coalition can do that will put the brakes on the extreme edges of those legislative issues that were coming at you um, with the former government and the costs associated with them. what it was it that this government come ahead can do? Well, look, the, I guess the big thing is at least you can talk to the people in this government. And I get, if you can talk, then you can explain your situation. I, I think if you could coin something of the last government, coin a phrase that would fit them um, uh, very aptly, it would be they didn't listen to the people. And they've, they've suffered the consequences of that on the election on Saturday. So I would hope that this government won't make the same mistake. The, the people are becoming very aware of how much they're being um, uh, controlled and <clears throat> they're not they're not liking it. People just do not like it. And it's becoming more and more obvious all the time. So what, what will National do that will be different? I mean, if you can, if they put into practice what they're talking to us about, they will make changes. They will take people with them. And 
we're not all against change. I mean, and we're not all against regulation, but they have to be reasonable regulations and they have to be change that people can see is going to be better. So uh, they've assured us that they will um, take away a lot of the draconian uh, regulations that can't be adhered to, uh, the ones that aren't reasonable, and that they'll put something in place um, that's far less binding but still uh, going to improve the environment in particular. So... Uh, we've talked to them since we formed about uh, catchment groups, the part they play in that, uh, and you two both understand catchment groups only too well. So, um, and that, you know, if you get buy-in, and I mean, I feel like I've said this for years now, but if you can get people to buy into something and actually realise the benefit of it. It's done freely and it's done uh, probably with more interest and more vigour than if you regulate somebody to do something. And um, we've hammered that at the national government since day one, or the national government they are now, since day one, that, that you know farmers can take people on board and take them with them and still do a wonderful job without all these regulations. So, because uh, now you see, it, of course, um, regional councils are, are becoming the the uh, whipping boys of the government, of the past government. And, uh, you know, we've got some really, really, uh, uh, um, what would you say? You can't understand no. uh, the regulations coming in in Otago right now. And it's mm. just, uh, it's hard to know where it would stop. Well, it, it's interesting, uh, you know, Australia's voice um really had some issues that they they wanted to bring out in front of the public and i would suggest that has divided australia more than um than helped uh but new zealand's planning rules uh that i think you're alluding to a little bit of this in your in your last sentence is seems to be that they're overbearing the rma is overbearing on the property right of individuals um the snas and this and the um sites and areas of significance to maori are going to tie this country up in knots if if the regulator doesn't back off now what's your confidence level because today the people were in the bureaucracy dealing with this on friday are still on their jobs yeah how do you how do you change that yeah, look, that's a that's a really good question, Don. I should be putting it back at you too. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to be looking at the briefing to, to the incoming ministers and governments very carefully, going through those with a fine tooth comb. But Bryce, I must say this because this is how I feel, and I wonder what your thoughts are, considering how awful I have no other word the last six years have been. This result, as far as I'm concerned. I would have thought it would it would have been a more emphatic win, a more of a sea of blue, considering and not that I'm a blues, you know, diehard supporter myself. What's the feeling that you got? Do you think the the numbers that have come out, do they reflect that, that discontent? I think uh party vote will probably show that, but uh seats probably will not show it. And I guess that's the anomaly with MNP. Mm. Um I think it's very difficult. There's a lot of votes that will be redistributed, and that will certainly make a bit of a difference. I, I think you know it could be three or four seats. Um, so, uh, until it's all sort of finally worked out, it's going to be hard to say. But yes, uh, first look at it. I'd agree with you, Jasper. I, I thought it would have been more resounding 
in number of seats. It, it, is that, it shows how tough um, politics are. There was Matt King, Democracy in New Zealand, went round the country for a good year and he hardly registered in the vote. Um, but there you had New Zealand Loyal, who just started a few months ago. And, and you know, locally, uh, a good good friend of ours, Logan, did really well, did really, really well. Um, so it just shows you how fickle the electorate is uh, when you've got a guy like Matt King, thought he had a, a rising presence around the country, and then the wheels fell off in his own party with, with some personalities. And um, he's persona non grata, just gone. So it's a cruel game, but that's how it works. So coming to the coalition again, you know, they want to lower ag emissions. Now you've been on 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 the tour talking about this sort of stuff as well. They they talk about um they need to adopt, well, especially act the uh the, the most recent science, but then they start talking about uh being in sync with our trading uh, nations. Well, none of our trading nations are adopting um the current science either. So what's it going to take to get uh, the ACT Party and the influence over the National Party to get this methane, get integrity into the methane discussion that hasn't been in New Zealand in 25 years of talking about it? Yeah, that's good, Don. And I mean, we've talked to ACT about this the whole way through and uh, we couldn't even agree with their stand because we just believe that... Uh, methane isn't actually adding to warming in New Zealand. So we've always said that it's just a fallacy trying to do anything about it. But for all that, we've always said, Dak, well, you know, if, if you become part of a government and you've got to have talks with National, that should be your bottom line. Uh, you shouldn't compromise on that because you will take the farming community and a lot of New Zealand with you if you do do that. And I think that's something we all need to remember that there's more and more people that are starting to understand the science behind what's happening. And as long as that continues, then you're not going to be looked at as being some climate denier if you talk about the effect some of these gases are having on our climate. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, that's only going to get stronger. The voice of uh, reason is only going to get stronger because there is more science there all the time. And now we can have the discussion where once we couldn't even have a discussion on it. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's right, Bryce. Uh, though it's been very difficult to get the narratives changed from the incumbents because they're talking. I assume the scientists of New Zealand that keep um, sort of holding back on. Uh, meeting with this new um, idea that we've you know, we've got is because they've actually been telling a story for so long they don't want to um, let themselves down slowly <laughs> yeah lose face that's, 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 the old, that's the old adage Don isn't it follow the money and uh, yeah. I was listening to a podcast last week of a woman in America and she she was uh, head of science at a particular university um, when she looked at all the facts she slowly started changing her view from um, from what was being trotted out for a number of years and found out that all of a sudden her funding was getting less and less until the position she had to actually leave. And, and she said that's the way it operates. You speak out against it or even question it and slowly you lose your funding to do things. Oh, we've had many um, senior scientists on this uh, program and all of them talk the same thing. Um, 
everybody's worried about their their pay uh, paycheck uh, and and their funding mechanism, and that's the problem I see in the in even New Zealand the grant scheme and Jasper Reed's unbundling more and more of this every week. The grant schemes in this country are all about vote capturing, in my opinion. They're not about get putting st- substance on the ground for for mum and dad New Zealand and farming New Zealand. So the prescription for the future, Bryce. We know your drive for change was, uh, you know, overbearing regulations. Enough is enough. You know, what's next in terms of groundswell's modus operandi? What are you going to be doing um, in the days and weeks ahead? Look, uh, Don, we, when we set up, we were always go, uh, trying to set up a organisation uh, that would encourage our present uh, farming organisations to have a united voice. We've never ever lost that vision, and, and uh, probably lately we've really increased that on um, uh, particularly federated farmers. Uh, we all know that they need to grow a voice. Uh, we think that they should be the voice of farmers, and that anything that's done should be done um, outside of the public eye, and that we should have our uh, eyes dotted, t's crossed before we ever start negotiating with government and we should have a one solid voice. So uh, we're not going to give up on that. We're going to continue to um, strive to bring that voice ag together. Well, that's that's fantastic because that's the key. Um, you can have your differences, but don't sell out your, organ, your, your um, industry in front of the public. Uh, that's been the problem. I noted that the last six years, the massive undermining that's been going on, in fact, longer than that, 10 years, by different groups. Uh, and, of course, if you're the incumbent government, all you've got to say is, oh, they're a disparate lot. Uh, we'll just pick what we like out of that. And mm. I did see, um, and I'm not picking on him because he's um, he's trying to tread a fine line, but I did see the current president of Feds on TV1's Q&A last Sunday, Sunday week ago, and he, he, he made a comment that sounded like this. We know where you want to go, New Zealand, and we'll get there. It's just you're going too fast. Well, you know, I haven't a clue what he meant by that. Where does New Zealand want to go? Because it's not clear to me. Uh, go into more debt. If that's what we want, we, we can do that okay. What is it that, that going where New Zealand wants us to go means? What do you think it means, Bryce? Because to me, that was a hollow statement that was made for an urban audience not really thinking about much. Yeah, look, where New Zealand wants to go has uh, got a different meaning for every different person, I guess. And uh, uh, look, I guess he was probably referring to emissions. Uh, is that what you sort of picked up? No, I figured it was more on environment. Oh, and emissions and everything. Everything. And of course, that's the problem with feds. I've noted, and I've even had a senior policy advisor tell me that, oh, Don, we work in the mainstream now. Um, we can't be the fly in the ointment to everything sort of thing. And and I'm sorry, I think there has to be a ginger group that holds up the end for farmers. Um, so look, you and, and, and fed farmers, Groundswell and fed farmers have got a big mission to do to, to get this voice um, corralled into... Uh, into something that really does represent farming. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think the big thing is um, uh, with where we, where uh, hopefully we're going in the future. It comes back to just the same old thing that if, if if 
if the market determines it, we're certainly going to go there and we're certainly going to go there very, very quickly. And that's that's the way people operate. And when we went to the, uh, the Labor government and spoke to them, that, that was one of the main things we wanted to try and get across to them. Why would you actually um, regulate for something when the market, if it wants, it's going to determine it very jolly quickly? And I don't mm -hmm. see that that's ever changed and I don't think it will change. I I think Bryce at this point you know we, we are all talking about uh, the lobby bodies and funded levy funded or not there is something to be said about our co-ops here we can we talk about ourselves but if you look last year the 200 300 million dollars spread over the next 4 years to set up a new center you know for climate action reducing ag emissions all our producers from ansco to fonterra to silver fern farms are all partnering there it almost seems like the co-ops are the ones that are out of control. Yeah, yeah look, Jasper, that, that is so true. And, I mean, we've tried uh, writing letters to them, asking them where they stand. They, they're not very good at actually responding uh, to those sort of things. And, yes, they are. And a lot of times they front it, and there's a lot of people getting very, very upset with them. Um, mm. And I think... You know, I, I think that uh, some of them are going to find their AGMs are going to be a little bit tenuous going forward uh, because they are pushing it rather than actually uh, waiting for the market to de determine. So in other words, they're actually trying to make the markets. Yep. Uh, yep. And I saw the latest, you know, email out from Fonterra about what's going on. So they have now, they're talking of three positions of appointed councillors, diversity-based. So they're wanting people who identify as a non-New Zealander and as a non-European to fill the diversity gaps. You know, pardon my ignorance, but I always thought the co-op's job, their Fonterra's job was to work for the prosperity of everyone, all dairy farmers. But here we are, supposedly without these uh, special interest group quotas, we can't get anywhere. Fonterra has also partnered with the Agri Net Zero again, committing tens of millions over the next few years to push these down. There is there's a whole gravy train going on here right now. And I look at it and I see this going on repeatedly. The noise they have in the media versus, you know, say someone like the good people behind the Methane Science Accord, they barely get any traction. And I, I really think at many at this stage, many of our co-ops are you know, corporates masquerading as co-ops, they, they really need to be bought back into line and fast. Yeah, you're quite right. And I, I guess that's a call to, to everybody in agriculture to, uh, if you don't like what's going on there, to actually put yourself up and do something about it because uh, there needs to be changes on some of those boards uh, to actually bring change within them. So, mm. uh, yeah, we just encourage more and more people to stand up, do something about it. Yeah, I mean, this is a post-election um, discussion. Uh, yeah, one thing that does bug me um, is how New Zealanders seem to constantly um, talk about New Zealand Incorporated, and that's the straitjacket for everybody. I mean, uh, if you're in those co-ops you just talked about, uh, New Zealand branding isn't as important as, uh, as, as you think. In fact, well, it's important, but it's actually... It's also, if you put it in the same box, everything in the same box, you get all the uh, authorities able to control every company's output the same way. And it's it's very debilitating. But if you're a marketing 
person and each of our co-ops, you'd say, let's jump all these hurdles. It's going to make my life a whole lot easier. Um, uh, I'm not sure the value proposition for the farming. But anyway, look, we've digressed way off um, the subject of the election. Um, you know, there's, I haven't uh, seen the makeup of the parliaments, you know, how the lists come into the parliament yet. And, you know, there's some renegade MPs, and if they're still back and even on the left of centre, um, I'd be disappointed uh, that they have survived because some of them were so divisive. Um, I am surprised, though, to see um, three electorates, by the look of it, get a green tick uh, candidate. Yeah, the green candidate is, is now the electorate um, candidate. You'd have to say those, those electorates, they are all in central cities pretty much, big cities. They obviously have no feeling for the economic activity of the country, none at all. Yeah, quite right, Don. And, uh, you know, that is quite noticeable. And uh, uh, I was talking to somebody a couple of three days ago and they were talking about their children were going to vote uh, green because they imagined that they were looking after the planet. What they don't realise is, I mean, it's so socialist, it's communist, really, and uh, it's the, the green part of it, uh, looking after the planet, is really just an absolute farce now. Well, compared to the old days of uh, Rod Donald and co, uh, you know, 20 years ago, it is a farce and uh, it's disappointing that people can't see, um, as you call it, it's more than socialism, it's uh, communism right there in our biggest cities. What the heck is that about? And so they 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 tell us, uh, uh, they berate farming, uh, put farmers down, the producers of, of uh, export earnings for the country um, and and plenty of other people do that too, by the way. I'm not just saying farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they denigrate us. At the same time, they've got their mouths full living in um, leafy urban suburbs. What the heck's that about? Yeah, maybe some people are going to have to um, not have enough food before there's a realisation of uh, what part farmers play in their lives, Don. Uh, people have got uh, a long way removed from where the food comes from, unfortunately. They have. That disconnection's big. Well, you know, we call this a uh, reality check radio uh, greenwashed. Uh, the reality check maybe is coming for some of those people. So um, let's hope so. Look, uh, Bryce, I think we'll we'll wrap this Um you know, you've done great work in the last few years holding uh, New Zealand uh, farming up in, in highlights uh, in front of the public. So all I'd say to you, if we uh, we, we love having you on um, RCR Greenwashed, but um, all power to you and uh, may you keep the pressure on because, boy, do we need that to happen as a sector. So thanks to you, Laurie, Mel and your team, and um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thanks for oh, coming thanks. on. Thank you both, and uh, all the best to RCR too. You do a great job as well. Thank you so much, Bryce. You have a great one. Thank you. Jaspreet Bopperai and Don Nicholson with Greenwash on RCR, Reality Check Radio.